<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's not time science, it's time surgery with kicking. This is Time Cop. The Incomparable, number 630, September 2022. Welcome back to The Incomparable, everybody. It's our summer of time travel, the beginning, middle, or end, depending. Um, and this is uh, this is a episode that I chose sort of thinking about it for the end, but if you think non-linearly, it doesn't matter. It's Time Cop from 1994, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme, directed by Peter Hyams. It is a movie that answers the question, what if time was something you could kick? And joining me to talk about Time Cop are these three wonderful people. Annette Weirstra is here. Hello. Hello. I am here to read between the lines. <laughs> okay, get ready. Start warming up. Everybody's going to do the splits in a little bit. Monty Ashley is also here. Hello. Hello. Uh, I know all the good words is a quote I wrote down from this movie, and I have no idea what it meant. <laughs> it's, it is a thing he says. Joe Rosensteel is also here. Hi, Joe. Hello. Uh, can I interest you in some mixed nuts? <laughs> uh, and I don't even know. Is there a quote that I can throw in here? Well, shit happens. How about that? <laughs> so, Time Cop. I don't even know. People nominated this uh, as a time travel movie when we were picking the summer time travel one. I decided I haven't seen it. It sounds like it would be bad. Maybe we should watch it. And you three brave souls joined me on this journey. Some of you have seen it before. I had never seen it before. Um, and I can, I'm happy to report it is bad, but it's kind of good, bad, I mean, like it's bad, but, but it it is, so, it is bad in so many amazing specific ways that we're going to talk about time cop. Now, if you are a time cop, Stan, if you are like, literally it's your favorite movie, go run, get out while you can get to the choppa. It's different guy with an accent but what was that movies. come on <laughs> at least do one of the many many legendary lines from time cop <laughs> uh, have a nice day <laughs> how about that that's the thing he says when somebody dies and then he questions it later and says oh i should have said freeze <laughs> I, okay i love that because this is a time of very processed stick around yeah like lines and this movie not only doesn't have it he has him mess one up yes that's cool right <laughs> I, well it's I, a subversion of the yeah, genre a i was i was gonna say i expect a quip at every death and mm -hmm. the first couple of deaths his quips are not quips at all and i thought what's going on here and then there's the one where he says have a nice day and i'm like oh man there's so many cold puns you could do and then he goes i should have said freeze but then later he goes back to just 
sort of n- saying nothing interesting. Like there, there is say ah is one of the quips, which is just not, no, no. Um, so, Mm-mm. so I don't, I, I'm, I'm perplexed, Monty. I don't know whether, like, they had enough energy to put in that one joke, but they didn't have enough energy to actually like punch up the script. So. I don't know, but I certainly felt the training, the 90s action movie training that I went through, which is that I expected a Schwarzenegger style quip at every death and Mm -hmm. did not get them. I propose that it wasn't on purpose that literally they did the scene, have a nice day, and someone says, oh, he should have said freeze. People are like, you're right, he should have said it. Can we redo the shot? No. Well, let's have him say he should have said it in the next scene, next and scene. then they just keep going. <laughs> the worst kind of improv. So um, Jean-Claude Van Damme, the muscles from Brussels, he is playing All-American, <laughs> except with an accent, in a classic <laughs> tradition, you know, bla- the trail blazed by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, Max Walker, a cop who's gotten a new job, he's going to be uh, an officer for the Time Enforcement Commission. Because There's got to be an easier way to say officer of the time enforcement commission. Nope, nope, that's it. He's some sort of a chrono- chronological police. <laughs> he uh so he's going to that he's going to that new job. Um and and that's what the movie is about. Um but it's twisty and turny very slightly in in what it does. <laughs> um so so uh he's going to he's going to be Max Walker time police man. I get okay. Time cop, yeah, that's what he's he's the he's the time he's the titular time cop. Everybody, but the movie he is titular too. I think that dude works out. Mm, uh, the movie begins in 1863, Georgia, of course, where a shipment of gold is being taken to General Lee. A friend of the Confederacy stops them. Uh, he's wearing a big jacket. And everybody says, get out of the way. And he pulls out machine guns with laser sights and kills all the guys, but doesn't kill all the horses, which is, it's a heck of a shot. Um, That's it. That's that scene. It is, and you're thinking, oh man, this is going to be a really twisty, turning plot about, but nope, it's not, it's not like that at all. Um, Cut to Washington in the present day, however, and we discover that, you know, that scientist who we never see who's off camera, who talked about doing time travel research? Well, he succeeded. And so now we need time cops because time is now a place where crimes can occur, which is the initial amazing leap this movie takes, which is like, well, they invented time travel. So the government needs to fund a bureaucracy for us to watch the time travelers and stop them. And the thought that crosses the mind of the senators who are in the oversight committee for this is how much is this going to cost? But one Senator Ron Silver, that's not his name, but that's, that's the actor who plays him. Ron Silver says, I'll do it. Uh, and the old Senator, cause old senators are the worst, right? Is like, rah, whatever. Rah, 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 and then he's gone. And that's, and that's all you really need to know about the origins of the discovery of time travel is that a committee <laughs> approved a bureaucracy once it was invented. And we're like eight minutes into the movie at this point. They're not pausing at all. Nope. No, no. This was though the moment when I really was like the, the shot of Senator McComb and you're like, yeah. He's the villain. Yeah. Yeah. He's a real But like, he's the villain right here. And I'm like, yeah, I know exactly yeah, what I'll I'm getting it. into at this point. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'll do it. Sure. Yeah. I guess. Sure. Yeah. I am going to All do right. it and abuse the system. Exactly. 
Exactly. Yes, he's he's very clearly the baddie. The old senators want nothing to do with it. Um, and and so I don't know. Like I just want to pause here in order to say, um, I, I am amazed at how casual. Okay. On one level, I'm impressed that this movie's like, yeah, 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 there's time travel now and there's cops. Okay, got it. Okay, it's called Time Cop, <laughs> moving along. On another level, I find the lack of reaction and and the fact that the reaction to the existence of time travel doesn't even explain <laughs> any of the rules, really. It's just like, oh, we're going to need some cops. All right. And that's it. Like, literally, Time Cop is not interested in any ramifications of the discovery of time travel that do not involve the creation of the time cops that's all like look it it's like you could complain to the movie about this and the movie would just point at its poster and say what what does it say time cop. Yeah. that's it I, I agree with the movie on this yeah like i came to this movie with the promise of jean-claude van damme and time cops so far they have gotten time cops yeah no van damme though yeah not yet I think I think it's close. I think I think he's very close. Um, <laughs> let's just listen for the sound of kicking. Uh, I, I I don't know. I kind of expect a little bit of a table setting and kind of like, oh no, uh, now people are changing the past. Uh, this horrible crime happened, and uh, of oh, course, if, if you look at it, it, it doesn't make sense, right? Because a time crime in the past, no one would know happened, right? Yeah, it's fine. But yeah. there's a ripple effect. Yeah, literally. He- he, he, well, uh, it was the 90s um and so there is a uh they talk about the gold bullion from that first scene right um so that is their point of reference for something that shouldn't have happened happening right. um so that but they kind of do you know take his word for it a little too uh quickly um like if someone told me that we had perfected time travel and we could do it. We just needed some money for some cops to go through the time machine. I'd be like, uh, do you want to like host a tour for us to go see the time machine first? But these guys are like, Oh, well, how much is it going to cost? Yeah. I feel like we've all seen plenty of movies where they have done the effort to set up that someone's changing the past. We have to stop them. We don't need it this time. Do yeah. we? I mean, it's no. like you get, you've all seen back to the future, right? It's like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. moving on. It's definitely, that's what this movie is, is saying. It's like, look, look, suffice. I just, you know what? Honestly, Monty, I think maybe it's the, is the civil war thing that made me think they were going to go down that path of scene setting and explaining. And instead it's just tossed off. Like in the next scene, it's like, okay, we found this gold. So, uh, time cops. And they're like, yep. <laughs> okay. It's going to be that kind of movie though. So, right. Like set your expectations accordingly. This is what this movie is. Um, all right. Mia Sarah, hey, it's uh Ferris Bueller's girlfriend. She is oh, also from the Birds of Prey TV show. And she's also married to Max Walker. Cop, regular cop, played by <laughs> Max Walker. Max Walker. That's I thought his you were name. gonna say Brian Henson for a second, but uh <laughs> <laughs> Max Walker. Max Walker is Jean-Claude Van Damme, just a regular red-blooded all-American guy from Belgium. Uh <laughs> They do insert a couple of lines about his his accent and his English, and I know a lot of words. Um, uh, he they they meet kind of weirdly where he comes up behind her and she says, "Oh, you know, my husband finds out," and then they they kiss very passionately in front of the window at the, at the store at the mall, the Boulevard Watch Store at mm. the mall, which That's is both thematic time. for time travel and thematic for the remarkable amount of uh, product placement that takes place uh, in this movie. See, I thought you were going to say the <laughs> r- a dramatic amount of Boulevard that, is, that this movie is full <laughs> of. 
but no. Uh, he stops a purse snatching. Okay, can we talk about the roller skating purse snatcher for a moment? Oh, this guy has a, a system. Yep. Yeah. He's got that was a system. Brilliant. Um, and and I thought he was going to get clotheslined, but that's not how Van Dam works. Van Dam works by kicking or threatening to kick you. Mm-hmm. Just like that whole pose where he's got his foot at the guy's face without him actually kicking him. Yeah. It's so funny to me because it's like, well, why would this guy stop? He's on rollerblades. But <laughs> right. you just smash he into could him, just but again, go around, and he, like, and go he around. He plays no along with the whole read my shoe. No, yes. not that. This part. No, over the. Between like, that, that makes there, no there sense. There between the lines. <laughs> between the lines. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, that makes no sense. But also, well done. And then I just, I have to say, in terms of, this is a law enforcement professional, right? The guy (laughs) turns around, hands the purse back to the lady he stole it from, and then skates away. And then the mall cop also looks as as he goes past and is like, all right, right, I guess technically there was, he undid his own crime. Like a time cop. Yeah. Like a time criminal. Uh, If you gave the purse back, did you really steal it? Did he really steal it all, or was he just important? It was important public service, right? About like, (laughs) we could send this kid to jail, but he's got a rich future ahead of him. Look, he's white. He definitely (laughs) didn't have a pattern of stealing. No, it's not like this was a system where he lies in wait with his rollerblades and then (laughs) skates away with an old lady's purse. Uh, Anyway, he's but but during the purse snatching, uh, Max Walker is being watched by mystery men. Um, he's going to uh, the Time Enforcement Commission. That's going to be his new job. But before we do that, let's take a picture of us at the mall, him and his wife. Pictures are good for memories. And uh, our pictures make memories. Pictures help you remember. Something like that. She says, not at all <laughs> foreshadowing that something <laughs> is going to happen to make the picture important. Um, I In my notes, I just, I just wrote down, picture at the mall that won't be important at all and keeping in mind i had not seen this movie before but it's all right um next well ne- what I, yep. what i say in my notes at this point is ew sex scene way too early in the movie oh, exclamation point my, exclamation point mine exclamation says point. mine says sex in the afternoon with boobies that, that's what i wrote down <laughs> yes they they are uh they are because he's between jobs right he's going to the tec they're enjoying uh some some uh Afternoon Delight, I believe, is what the Starland Vocal Band called it. Um, and uh, it's the 90s and it's a rated R movie. So you're going to see your boobs because you are. You know, I'm going to say for a sex scene and as an agent of Smooch, I did not mind that. It was early, but I felt like it established they, they seem like they had good chemistry for like it was less gratuitous and not so male gazy as many of them because you saw a generous amount of Jean-Claude as well. So I was like. I will give this a thumbs up. Yeah, th- I mean, we'll, there's worse coming too. So there <laughs> is. Um, yes. So yeah, this is the wholesome, nice part. And you're right; she's not around for very long, so it is trying to get across the whole, you know, just their relationship and their connection and all of that. Um, and but then he gets a phone call. Uh, he says, "Can you find somebody else? It has to be you, Walker." And he has ambushed his front door by other people who also fight with kicks. There are lots of kicks. Uh, then they shoot him in the chest multiple times, but he doesn't die because he's wearing a vest because he was going out for a, uh, a cop mission. Um, so, haha, take that! And then the entire house just completely explodes. Yeah. Also, she's being raped in like one shot. In they one just, shot, they, yeah. 
because she's screaming the from the so window. Many they raise the mm -hmm. stakes so many times so quickly here. Like, oh no, she's in trouble. Oh no, they just blew the whole entire house up, huh? Well, yeah. Well, it does right. happen. It does happen very quickly. Um, yeah. Also, first of, of what will be a recurring theme in this movie, which is Peter Hyams thinks he knows how to direct action, mm. which is just make the cuts as quick as possible, everybody. Isn't that what people want to see? Velocity of editing? Because that's his solution to all of it is just edit faster. Things are happening in kaleidoscopic fashion, and uh, I don't think it's very effective. I have no. a theory on why he was doing that. Is it that he had no other choice because he was very limited in what he uh, could shoot? No, he could have just done wide shots. Van mm. Damme's a very uh, talented physical actor when it comes to kicking people. No, it's because Jean-Claude Van Damme's <laughs> previous movie was Hard Target, which was directed by John Woo. Oh, okay. All mm. right. So try, um, give can me you some explain of that, that to me? Because... Uh, John Woo is a, a Hong Kong action director yeah. who came over to America and kept many of his wild stylistic nonsense, like slow motion and then fast motion and slow motion and then release a thousand doves. doves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think Hyams wanted to like zazz up the direction a little. Give a little. Okay. So he's just John trying Woo to flavor. mimic that. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Well, I can see proposal. that. I could totally I, I, see that. I also think maybe he overextended himself in some of these because he's the cinematographer and the director. Um, mm. so he could have had someone else do that. Uh, but instead they chose to have an anamorphic movie for some reason, instead of just shooting it spherical in the nineties, which would have been fine. Uh, and, uh, you got to spend all your time setting up those anamorphic shots, uh, and, uh, pulling rack focus on stuff in the rain and all that nonsense. So I don't think he put as much thought into the geography of his scenes as he should have because he was so busy doing everything else. That could be too. I, it doesn't work. Whatever is going on and why, whatever the reason is, I, I felt like he was, yeah, he, that he's trying to cover, either cover for something or as Monty said, trying to give it that extra little stylistic zip, but it do, it doesn't work. <laughs> By the way, the main character's house just exploded with his wife and also the hitmen in it. I, that's the part I didn't understand. It's like, why didn't it explode? Weren't they still in it? And isn't that just bad, bad guy planning? Well, last at the end of this right. movie, the same thing happens where the bad guys know, have set right? off the, C, have the, the timer for the C4 and are standing around talking in the house where the C4 is. And like, <laughs> you, you morons, what are you doing? Bad guy's not smart. Not so uh -huh. smart. Cut to Wall Street, October 1929. Okay. All right, time cop. I see what you're doing here. A dead body is on the street. It's yet another stockbroker has jumped from his building because of the stock market crash. Um, but a man goes into the building and uh, he is comparing today's newspaper with a USA Today from 2004. The future, the far <laughs> future of 10 years from now in 1994, of 2004. I love Which is it. exactly like the present, except cars look amazing <laughs> yes. I mean, that's we'll, one word for we'll, it we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get there if by amazing you mean an unpainted model uh yes uh the uh he's in doing investing with tips from the future i find this scene funny because it is trying to 
express that he's using future tips. However, I find it weird that he's, he gets out both newspapers and lines up the stock prices and then circles the one like he did he go through all of them? Is he trying to find which one is the you would think that he would come prepared, but the movie wants to show us that he's going to make money on on insider tips about the future of the stock. So he has a little fountain pen and he circles the one on the newspaper and the other on the newspaper. And that's how and then he calls in and he wants to buy some of that stock because he knows it's going to be worth a fortune in 2004, assuming that the company doesn't liquidate its stock at some point and get renamed and lots of other things that I was thinking of that could have happened between then and 2004, but it's fine. I'm sure it's going to make whoever is in the future a lot of money. However, this gentleman is interrupted because a bubble, a time bubble appears in his office. It's Walker, Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> um, about that time bubble really uh, quick. Uh-huh. Uh, video toaster, question mark? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. It's, it's, uh, it's quite an effect. It's a 1994 visual effect, mm-hmm. which I now found, find charming and nostalgic. I mm-hmm. loved it. Also, the simplicity of just like walking through time was very charming well, at this point. Well, and then it yeah, is later in the movie, later, we have questions maybe. about them walking through time. I have a time. lot of questions. But yes, this part, I was like, oh, I like that. They just walk through time. My issue with the bubble is mostly that it's, it's I mean, it's great. It, it's so aggressive, though, that it is hilarious. Because like there's the the ripple kind of thing at the beginning when he walks in. It's like, okay. And then it keeps going. Until there's like a big like bloop that, that I'm like, wow, that's a lot of effect that they, they were very proud of, I I think. But yes, time that's bubble. A, that's a good point. They really aim this bubble much better than they do later in the movie. Mm. Uh-huh. Significantly better. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, he's a, uh, how you doing partner? He says, uh, ex-partner. This is a, a, a rogue time cop. Again, the movie sort of leaping over large sections of the story of Walker and his job at the time cop agency um, to the fact where he's just found his partner who's dirty. But uh, some dudes come in and they're going to they're going to they're going to stop Walker. Fortunately, there is punching and kicking to save the timeline. And then uh, a a giant uh, future gun comes out and he starts to shoot that around and block knock holes in the wall and stuff. Um, but he says, I can't tell you who's behind it all. He'll kill my grandparents and then I'll never have been born. But then he tells him it's Senator <laughs> McComb. He's going to be president. <laughs> and he's decided that the only thing stopping him from being president is raising a lot of money. So he's going to use time travel to raise all of his money. That's the big plan. That's what it's all about. It's just getting enough money to run for president. And uh, he leaps out of the building to his death because he knows that his whole family will be erased if he, if he's caught. But Walker just grabs him on the way down, also jumps, grabs him on the way down and pulls him back to uh, the present day of 1994. I, again, I have some questions about do they land at that speed because that wouldn't be good or does time mm-hmm. travel stop their momentum? Well, even more than the momentum, you got to remember that for some reason they leave in a seated position inside of a jet car thing, rocket car, mm-hmm. and then they arrive back again in a rocket car in a seated position. So I don't know how that works That's, necessarily. <laughs> but there's a other key question is like, so they can go back by pushing some little button beep, but they have to leave in a rocket car. <laughs> a rocket. So like, why don't okay. you need the same? Fo- Anyways, uh, the beep is what takes you back to your home time. 
So you need a lot of energy to leave your home mm. time, but to just to be snapped back, you just need to press a button. Well, and I realize time travel movies, you should never think too hard about them. So I accept your logic, Monty. It, it, it doesn't, ta- I don't have to think too hard to be baffled by this one, though. I mean, <laughs> the, the fact that they have to leave it's- in a rocket... Uh, on rails <laughs> because that's how they do it. And yet we see many examples of people sauntering into the other time. Uh-huh. Not on yep. a rocket. So my, my question, and this maybe goes to, to Joe's point too. Maybe when you, maybe there's like an interstitial place in between times. It's like a big gray, you know, just staticky gray zone. And you go there and then you get back in the car. And press the button, and then it returns you to your home time. And then when you're leaving, when you're outbound, you shoot through the portal to the little kind of gray interstitial time, and then you get out and stroll from there to your destination. Maybe there's like an unseen in-between space. Liminal. A liminal space. Did I use that word right? I don't know. But it's implied that the rocket car like leaves because it doesn't smash into the wall. Oh, so yeah. We see it. Vanish. It goes somewhere. Yeah. 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 To your liminal space. Yeah. I think it goes into the eighth dimension because this looks exactly <laughs> like it looks in Buckaroo Banzai. Hmm. Okay. I, I buy it. I accept that. And that's how they get, and then they get out there, they unbuckle their seatbelts and everything, get out, and then they stroll into wherever they're going. That's my theory. Well, we've solved Time Cop, everybody. Um, so uh, there's a back and forth with Ron Silver. Um, we get an important piece of information that an agent can't meet himself because the uh, you're occupying two places at once, and that would be Kablooey. Uh What they say is the same matter can't yes. occupy the same place at the same time, which is dumb times. because no type, no two pieces of matter can occupy the same place at the same time. <laughs> exactly, that's what place means. And when you mm. when, when, if you touch a solid object, you're not you're not using you're not in the same place as it because you're mm-hmm. pushing up against it. But but yeah. but you just got to go with it, I guess. It's the this is the important thing is you can't meet yourself, or at least if you do, you can't touch yourself. It's a very important message of this movie. <laughs> so before this is after the divinals, so there you go. I could have just played that song here. Yeah. Uh, well, and then also you spend the entire movie, rest of the movie, waiting for someone to, to meet touch. Yourself. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It's like. Yeah. Chekhov's matter. Anytime someone says, don't do this, whether it's crossing the streams or feeding the gremlin after midnight, the clock just starts yeah. ticking. Somebody does ask at this point, I think, a very good question, which is, why don't we use the time machine to go back in time and stop the invention of the time machine? Mm-hmm. But they don't. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Ron Silver's riding in his future limo. He beats up his advisor in the limo. Let's talk about the cars of of the future of 2004. (laughs) Yes. They drive themselves. They have no windows. Yes, from the outside, they have a whole bunch of uh, nonsense glued to them. But mm-hmm. from the back, they are clearly just cars. Yes. Mm-hmm. Rickety, kind insi- of rickety cars, yeah. Mm-hmm. On the inside, there are a ton of screens, which keep in mind it's 1994. There aren't flat screens yet. So every screen you see, there's a giant CRT monitor sticking out of the back of the car set. 
And it's there's a lot of voice activated. And I appreciated like they have a lot of voice activated things, which is like, well, that was pretty prescient. Mm -hmm. But then they did not come up with the we'll have a phone in our pocket. You still have to come home and check your messages. Yeah, well, they do give him uh, what is more closely related to probably a Newton um, than like any other kind of like smartphone or anything. But he Mm -hmm. he definitely has like a PDA later. Um, So the technology of 2004 is very interesting. Uh, And. Uh, in this car scene, um, we also get to go to the, uh, we get to understand sort of the weird politics also of 2004, um, which is also prescient for predicting like, you know, Citizens United or something like the, the <laughs> you, you just need enough money and you can uh, buy the airwaves and you can uh, roll through and, and do your, whatever it takes to get to your office. Um, so that, that is his entire evil plan revealed here in the car right with his mixed nuts right it's and like it's not wrong you gotta get the protein um yeah i would say too that that would be ripe for some political satire if you wanted i like uh paul verhoven or somebody would do something more with that right whereas mm-hmm. here it's just sort of peter hyams is like yeah okay he's gonna buy the election all right uh and then and then we move on i thought that the future cars all looked like cars with plastic stuck on them that they didn't paint, which is why it kept making me think of when you make a model, if you make one of those plastic models mm-hmm. and you, and then you get to the end and it's just all gray plastic and they say, well, now you have to paint it. That's what this reminded me of is like, they, now you have to paint these cars because they're just textured plastic bumpy things on a car. Um, but they don't. Also, there are other cars in the background, mostly in these scenes, but these are these are kind of just shots in our Washington D.C. and elsewhere, and um, I thought that was funny too because it was very confusing because there there are moments where you can see the other cars and the other cars are just cars, but then there are these future cars. They built two future cars. So I love future cars. They're just regular cars with stuff glued to them. <laughs> well, uh, can I recommend the 1992 movie Free Jack for some great oh, examples yeah. of that? Uh-huh. Those are some cars. And Anthony Hopkins. That was his. Uh, that was his big cash cash grab or after winning the Oscar or reluctant. Well, I won the Oscar, but I have to do this movie because I already signed for it. I don't remember which one it was. Um, Van Damme is looking at that faithful photo of his wife. It's very sad. She died. Um, He has his own future car as well. He uh, goes back to his house where he has a hobby, which is watching video of his dead wife and reciting what he says in the video. Uh, when he does that, the music is very Vangelis, and I, mm-hmm. I think somebody in this movie's production cycle watched Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and what's funny is you watch you compare this to like Blade Runner, but then also uh, Minority Report. After this, mm-hmm. it's like, oh yeah, just sad cops going home, being sad about their their yeah. wives that are not in their lives anymore. Yeah, this is literally what Tom Cruise does in Minority Report. Yeah. It yep. absolutely reminded me of that, which I was like, oh, this was first. So I guess Minority Report just, just cribbin from Time Cop. Mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg, have you no shame? Wow. So <laughs> I talked to my good friend, Peter Hyams, and he said, go ahead, Steven. But uh, there's a hit squad coming for him. Van Damme has to dodge a laser, but he's got really quick reflexes, everybody. There's several instances where he, 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 somebody shoots at him and he just dodges it. It's very impressive. Uh, and we get a fight scene where there's lots of fighting and punching and kicking and lots of lots of quick cutting yeah also uh not a laser so much as it is a stun gun with the 
little metal bits yeah, that moves yeah, slow. There's a, <laughs> th- yeah, and there's a there's a ta- right. It's a taser, and it's misdirected. Water spills onto the floor, and you know what's coming, which is he's going to do the splits up onto the counter as the as the taser hits the floor, putting fifty thousand volts or whatever into the water and electrocuting the guy who shot it. Whereas Van Dam just is up in the air doing splits on the countertop. I thought that gag was fun. Yeah, I've seen it before, although maybe after. But yeah, sure. And the the splits is great, right? Like, how how is he mm-hmm. going to get out of this one? And the answer is, he's a he's a master of this kind of balletic physical fighting style, and he can just pop up on splits and watch the guy die or get electrocuted horribly. Anyway. Yeah. You have to account for the splits if you're going to try to electrocute this guy. Yeah, and they didn't account for the spilled water on the floor either. That was his real real mistake. Um, yeah. Although he was wearing rubber-soled shoes, so uh, he, he uh, just didn't didn't go far enough. I guess not. I can't believe he didn't see the water because there was a real clear close-up of it. <laughs> <laughs> a real flashing, hey, you see this cl- yeah. water on the floor? And it's sort of coming toward him and he sort of steps into it, so he should have known. Um, Gloria Rubin is in this. So, so, uh, she appears here. Um, she, I, I was sitting here watching her thinking also she, she was in time cop and Mr. Robot. What a career and ER in the middle, obviously ER. I, that was where I discovered Gloria Rubin was ER, but she's here. She's an internal affairs officer who is, uh, who has decided to go directly to Van Damme as he's being assassinated. Um, and then tag along with him. <laughs> on his next mission but we have to go back to to time cop hq where we get the most gratuitous nudity imaginable <laughs> as mm-hmm. pornography is essentially inserted into the movie only to be revealed <laughs> that it's okay it's one of our computer technicians watching pornography through vr goggles while at work oh Makes well it a cyberpunk <laughs> movie that that's like- fine then you can watch the porn at your desk. Sure. Great. I would like to share a piece of IMDb trivia at this juncture. Okay. I personally have some questions about this trivia, but the virtual reality nude scene was originally supposed to be a nature documentary about beavers. However, the offsite film team got drunk on the evening of shooting and ended up in a strip bar. The next morning, they woke up realizing they had missed the bus to the nature reserve and had to instead film one of the dancers they had met in the club the night before. <laughs> now this terrible. is on the internet so it must be true must be true obviously i well it does raise a question though about the dialogue did they rewrite the dialogue for that scene because they didn't get the footage for that because otherwise he's talking about uh you know don't no. let me catch you having sex with your computer again. and he's got his he's got his uh his things up there his his like equivalents of the girls on mud flaps he's got his little cyber girls hovering around him at his workstation. I love good points, but I don't want to lose the image I have in my head of the head of the film offsite film team saying, uh, Mr. Hyams, here's the footage you asked us to get. (laughs) Yeah. Here's the beaver footage. Here it is. And Hyams looks at it and goes, yeah, well, it's not what I was after, but (laughs) my God, I like it. I like it. This, this is the, yeah, but this is just like super gratuitous because it's basically VR sex. So it's just a, it's a, it's a naked lady and she's, 
she's groaning and it's there's POV shots and like what movie is this? And uh, but and then, isn't yeah. VR sex like kind of a thing of that era? Like it shows up in other movies too. It sure does. Sure. This so, is a really like, lazy version of it because it's really yes, just it totally is. Yeah. It totally is. Like many things in this movie, it is like it does a thing, <laughs> yeah. but not as good as other movies because and there is no reason for it. Whereas in some of the other movies, there is like a purpose to show like the society or critique or something but here it's just like meh he's just doing it there's never even any other virtual reality in the movie no. just this one yes. scene the only yes. so the reason i can find here is that i feel like this guy and again the movie doesn't do a great job of it but this guy this tech he's he's this kind of kind of out there guy computer guy go figure they're weird they got their own standards but we need them cuz he's technical then there's a scene later where he's not like that and then there's a scene at the end where he's like that again. And so they do mm-hmm. make it like, oh, the timeline changed and he became a different guy. And now the timeline's back to being okay because he's back to being his old self. <laughs> you really have won? to lean in on that to make oh, it play. Like in Butterfly yeah. Effect or something where you cut back and the guy's now a juggalo or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeehaw, I think is what he says. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, that sounds like a lazy piece of dialogue. You probably did say it. Yep. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So, uh, time, how does how does it work? The answer is you get in a rocket and they blast you at a wall. And then at some point between the, the start and the wall, you go back in time instead of smashing into it. Um, seems like a lot. <laughs> uh, seems very, very, very overcomplicated. But that's what Time Cop wants you to do because it wants to strap those people in and get the sort of NASA countdown as they're going to be fired against the wall. Um, and in this case, they land out in the middle of the water, uh, so they 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 missed their they missed their shot and they have to uh, they have to swim to land. And then they proceed. Another point that I I really think is great in this movie, they proceed to wander around the past of 1994. While wearing their time cop uniforms. I mean, why not? Why try to blend in? Just wear your time cop outfit. It's fine. Everybody in 1994 has huge shoulders. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to throw that out there. It's it's all the uh, shoulder pads. Shoulder pads. Yeah. yeah. It is interesting how, even though this is 94, it's still very close to uh, the late 80s yes. in styling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, you know, the decades don't hit the hit the styles exactly on. This definitely has a late 80s feel to it. Um, but you can always tell a goon because he's six foot eight and has a mullet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> always watch for the mullets. Yeah. Several times in this movie, you just cut to a guy like earlier in the mall. There's two guys up on the overpass looking down at me. You go, oh, those are bad guys. How did I know that? Oh, well, mullet. huge mullet. Mullets. Sweaters. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the, in, in a little bit of laziness, I want to point out the car with the California license plate that says Senate on it, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you were wondering. Um, so then we see 
people again who just saunter in from the future. Ron Silver talks to himself, but don't touch me, or we would explode or something. We'll never, we'll never know. Um, and then you know, so so Walker arrests him, but of course, uh, the internal affairs officer Glory Rubin uh, betrays him. He kicks past Joel Silver. Not Joel Silver. Ron Silver. Ron Silver. Sorry, different. <laughs> he kicks Joel Silver, producer Joel Silver in the face. He uh, probably no, deserved that. Past Ron Silver <laughs> uh, in the face and and hit present Ron Silver, future Ron Silver, gets an instant scar. Yeah, that's cool. Classic. Which is which is cool, right? Like he's changing his timeline in, 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 as it happens. I have well, a question though. Mm-hmm. Uh Future Ron Silver came to 1994 Ron Silver to say, tomorrow, you're going to say you want to be in charge of the time travel committee. Didn't he do that already? Because he was already there? Yeah. I think maybe he's fulfilling his... Look, Monty, don't think about it that hard. I think he's okay. fulfilling his <laughs> destiny here or something. Th- this trip is to get him to <laughs> to be in charge of the... Oh, you're right, you're right. All the, the time travel tech... The- Mm-hmm. So that uh, so that the his his old partner where he bailed out of the time travel tech, he's now just going to have the time travel tech and own it. So it gets him more money, um, which is why he ultimately he kills he kills his old business partner and uh, takes over the the tech. He does. The, so it's it's all cold related. So there's like blasts of of mist that are implied to be super cold, which is why we get that moment where um, the guy gets uh Van Damme like goes over the top of the metal thing. I thought that was kind of fun. They're in a they're in a like a steam factory, basically, right? Right. So it's multi levels, big machines, steam coming out of everything. He has to go over the top, come down to the other side. Uh, the guy go- gets gets the the super ice cold whatever on him, uh, and then he and then he kicks off his arm because it's obviously like uh, liquid nitrogen or something. Which was I thought was pretty cool. Like his whole arm just kind of comes off mm-hmm. and and shatters. Um, and says, "Have a nice day." And then later <laughs> says, "I oh I should have said freeze," which is not probably <laughs> the right joke there, but at least it would be cold themed. <laughs> um, and then Gloria, Gloria Rubin um fights him and he says, "I don't want to fight a woman." And then uh, he says, "I changed my mind." And then he he punches her, which is good because that like made me roll my eyes really hard. Yeah, but then he changes his mind because. The, the, yeah, again, good. little little Way bits. To go, Agent like, Matt. Oh, that was pretty good. Uh, anyway, uh, he, the, the the solution to Walker is he's going to have to be erased before he joins the TEC, and that and that's when I lean forward and I go, "That's what happened at the beginning of the movie. They were erasing him from time before he joins the TEC, except he survived." Um, back in the back in the future slash present, Bruce McGill, <laughs> who is the head of the TEC. And if you don't know who Bruce McGill is, you've seen him in a million things. Mm-hmm. He was in Magnum PI and MacGyver and I don't know, like in Babylon five. And like he's, he was in so many things, Bruce McGill. And he runs, he's like the chief, right? He's like the police chief. Um, and there's a couple of funny lines in here where um, he's like, but we were friends. And he's like, you know, what, what, do, what do you mean? And he's like, was I, was I your only friend? <laughs> <laughs> that got a good laugh. This scene made me realize every time a time cop comes back from a successful operation, they've changed history to the point where they, when they get back, no one knows what mission they were sent mm-hmm. on. Yes. 
which is going to be hell on bookkeeping. Again, mm-hmm. in a smarter movie would be part of the story, but it's really, I mean, it's here, it's present, but yeah, it's but they just seem surprised by it every time. Every time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and they, they bring it up when it serves them, but otherwise it just, I don't know. It seemed very confusing to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's just very, and there's no protocol for like, because you could have it be like you come back and they don't even know who you are. And you're like, well, wait a second. Yeah. That was a, that was a time. You should so have, you have like, like a, credentials or exactly, something. Exactly. So, um, mm-hmm. so Bruce McGill, because he has been told that he's his friend, uh, says he's going to give him one last mission to go and try to solve this because uh, they've come to shut down the program. Um, they end up shooting Bruce McGill, but he presses the launch button. Uh, the guys who have, are shooting at him are standing right behind the rockets on the rocket sled. <laughs> that was so good. Part, Terrible. <laughs> like, where should we stand? How about right next to the rocket? Well, okay. Bye, guys. They're on They're fire. Um, and then, uh, and so he ends up Walker ends up material again, sauntering kind of into the, can, can I say, I think past, the yes. whole rocket thing was just like, just for that scene. That's why they had to have yeah. this whole rocket oh, was because they needed the tension fire. of running oh. and like pushing all the buttons. And if they just had something easy. So I was like, Oh, that's why they needed the rocket mm. car was to create all the tension and then like burn those guys. Oh, that's why you did it. Yeah. For it's that. important to see those guys burned alive, mm-hmm. even though, structurally from the plot they don't matter at all once no. he's back in time yeah yeah he ends up in front of a big rig but that's okay he just lays down and the big rig goes over him so that's fine classic the big rig honks so the driver saw him does not stop <laughs> no just <laughs> also there's if if uh, joe i don't know if you if you notice this but um there's a scale issue there. I feel like oh, yeah. Van Damme is roughly the size of the big rig. Because <laughs> he yeah. lays down basically and the width of his shoulders, the wheels of the big rig go right around them. So he's a very he's large very man. very big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I mean, <laughs> they, they, they were doing their best. They, they did, they did, they were doing their best. They were, they were, what they could do. I just, it was a moment where I'm like, wait a second. I, I expected the scale to be different. My brain was like, what? No. Nope. <laughs> okay. Um so it's he's going to use truck. his little hand his little uh smartphone like uh terminal thing uh to I guess use the the phone booth to search for um for Jane Doe in the past because it turns out Gloria Rubin is sort of like the the witness who saw this and she's evidence so if he can get her and bring her back she can be evidence. Um also, so he's searching for her. Also, his wife is there because it turns out we are right at that day that we saw at the beginning. His wife is pregnant. Mm-hmm. He discovers this through a, a complicated ah. me- set of ridiculous circumstances. It's not complicated. He's ruffling through people's private medical files. Yeah, and, and his <laughs> wife is there. So he reads it and says she is pregnant, which is what she was obviously trying to tell him at the beginning. Um, but somebody else got to Gloria Rubin first and then put poison or something. There's a big syringe sticking out of her, her IV. Um, it's the two guys who blew up his house. Uh, the nurse sees him with the IV and calls security. He's chasing after the guys, but they think he's running away. Um, he jumps out a window. Because he's got a mullet. They know he's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He jumps out a window, um, a- in order to escape from the hospital. Um, that he- was pretty spectacular. He has to grab onto the like lower yeah, things grab, and get down like, and do classic. a whole thing. Because yeah. how are you going to get out of there? Um, and he goes to his wife and says, it's me. Uh, we have to go. I'm from the future. And she's like, oh, what am I like 10 years from now? And he's like, mm, you're great. 
<laughs> At first, she doesn't recognize him, which no. is odd. She looks like him. He looks like the same. His hair's a bit different, but yeah, seriously, he he has the mullet and bad like worse clothes, I guess. Um, but yeah, he's a six foot it, six identical. Belgian with a perfect body. Like <laughs> she, she does that many of them. She does say, "Max, what happened?" She does say that, but it's like mm-hmm. he's fine. It's clearly the same guy. Um, but I like that she's immediately like, oh, tell me about me. What am I doing in the future? And he's like, you're great. We're in love. Everything's great. Bye. Let's just go. We got to run. We got to go because they're being chased. Um, although it's really a lazy chase where they go into a room and the guys go past them and then they're like, oh, we're fine. And that's the end of that. And then that leads to what I find maybe the weirdest and most perplexing scene in the movie because we're back in time right we're in 1994 where we're back in time and it's where the beginning of the movie is happening and now he's trying to change the change the uh the arc of the future and there's a cutaway that is literally meanwhile in the future <laughs> uh the the senator has uh and, and and correct me if i'm wrong here it looks like he has a bandage on his head from where he was wounded but isn't that a 10 year old wound that's the part mm-hmm. that I don't understand is like when it was a scar, I understood it, but now he has a bandage on it and I don't under, is that just to hide it? The fact that he got a new scar, but if it's time travel, then he always had the scar because it's a 10 year old wound, right? Yes, but he didn't think of that because although he is cunning, he is dumb. Okay. All right. Anyway, I just love the fact that they cut away to 10 years in the future where the Senator is doing something. Cause it's like, it's time travel. Like there's no meanwhile in the future. It's not, well, there, there is meanwhile. I'm going to defend this. Okay. This is the uh, senator's timeline. So you have to know what he was doing right before he catches up with the 1994 timeline. Before he goes back in time. Yeah. Okay. I just thought, I just thought it was a very weird thing to choose to cut to the, cut to the future and then back as if it was happening simultaneously. You're right. It does serve a purpose in the movie. I just thought it was a very weird choice uh, in the moment that uh, it's like, oh yeah, by the way, in the future, the Senator, he's doing some stuff. Don't forget. I will agree that meanwhile is clearly the wrong word. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's the way it's cut. It's, it seems like this is also happening simultaneously and it's like, well, but it's, it's, it's not, it's not how it works, but it's fine. Yeah, well, there's also, uh, for some reason, his sniveling lackey yes. uh, has... Get a better job, dude. <laughs> yeah. He, he still has the same injury uh, from the last sort of timeline that mm-hmm. we were in, but the timeline has changed significantly since then. Joe, I, um, think, I think he gets beat up by the senator a lot. Yeah, it's just like in every <sighs> timeline, that guy's not going to win. No. Just yeah, and the senator's always a jerk mm-hmm. who, who eats nuts. Who eats nuts. In his in his self driving future future limo, gray mm-hmm. future limo. Uh, okay, that leads us He's to. He's got to lay, lay off the candy bars though. So yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, big fight at the house. We are back at where we started. It is the the the, the two story peaked roof giant, uh, giant uh, chimney, uh, house of uh, Walker and his wife, and this is where it's all going to go down. Um, there's a big fight at the house, uh, cause so now Walker is there and also Walker is there from the past and he, you know, he tells his wife, you got to leave keep him upstairs and we're not supposed to meet and I'm going to try to take care of this and all that is going on. So we're going to get some real back to the future two kind of shenanigans here, right? We don't really, um, Mm-mm. The, mm-hmm. No, lots of opportunities, not not really much of anything here. Um, there is a good moment that is is kind of underplayed, I think, where where uh, he goes off, he's hanging off of the gutter um, with 
and the, the guy's trying to stomp on his feet to make him fall mm-hmm. and the gutter pulls off and he's holding his wife and she's going to fall and he's like aha there's nothing below you to break your fall says he he says obviously right just literally just <laughs> stating what's going to happen and and he looks over and there's a gun in the gutter and and it was a funny moment where i thought did the gun slide there? Did he leave it there? <laughs> Knowing what was going to happen? Is there another Van Damme looking on from somewhere else? <laughs> Who's put the gun there? I don't know. But anyway, she, the the wife picks it up and shoots. Uh, say, ah. Yeah. Also, <laughs> there's a, that's got to hurt. As Oh, a, uh, that's got to hurt. Yeah. Uh, what what, what I, kind of quips are these I wrote down? Come on. <laughs> I was hoping this fight would end with future Van Damme dying. Right. Because we don't need him. No. No. Like, it would be so much cleaner to just get him out of the way, and now young Van Damme can go forward with his life. Yeah, yes. there, there's a real tragedy to this ending. Well, we not to skip ahead to that part, but this I agree with you, Monty. Also, this would have been the way to get rid of it. doesn't make any sense. But, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right, Monty. In fact, I, in fact, the way this story is structured, I suspect that he did die in, in, at some draft. And they were like, nah, that's too much of a bummer. Let's have him live. I'm like, all right, but it doesn't make sense. It's like, nah, nah, it's fine. It's fine. It doesn't matter. So so um, Ron Silver's got the wife. He's going to blow him up. The t- clock is ticking on the C4, but everybody's in the house talking. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Like, wh- why? What would you Why would you do that? Um, and then, and then uh, at one point, uh, Van Damme has got a guy. He's like, his arms are pinned behind his back. And the guy, the guy is, um, is is pushing him toward a window in a fight. And I thought this was, this was a great moment in fight staging where what if a guy has you uh, under his control and is, and is pushing you toward a window that you're going to be thrown out of. The answer is you just kind of move to the right and the guy goes out the window instead. That's the thing that happens in this fight scene. <laughs> that was great. It's like, I don't want to go out there. You go out there. All right. Well, I can't stop myself. I've got too much momentum. So it's a messy, confusing, badly edited fight. Uh, Ron Silver says the bomb is going to go off and we'll all be dead. Uh, and I'll win by default. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. But his young self is also there. Oh, no. Now nobody's got a future. Check and mate, evil senator. Your <laughs> past self will also die, leaving you permanently dead. Time continues to tick. Uh, but guess what? The same matter can't occupy the same space. We learned that lesson minutes ago in this movie. And so they shove one Ron Silver into the other one and it becomes a weird blob and I love this weird blob. It's it so smooth. <laughs> this mid nineties CGI is. Mwah. Is it like a blood blob, a flesh it blob? Is. Yeah, it's I like, think it's supposed to be like organ kind of ish, but it, it doesn't have any texture. I mean, it doesn't have any. It's just really not even like smooth. a bump map on it. Yeah, it, it is yeah. just a fong shader of red veiny stuff. Uh huh. I love it. Looks it. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's been set up for this moment. I was kind of hoping there'd be like an explosion or something, but he just be- he just becomes goo. It just becomes a big goo blob, and then and then it sort of I'm fades melting. away. If you've ever played a CD-ROM game, it looks like. Oh that. man, it looks so much <laughs> like that. <laughs> it, it is. I, the only thing that I, I regret is I wish they they had done a, a like an effect uh, of like a like get a big. Uh, water balloon full of blood and pop it so you could have that thing where like the end process of it is that it just explodes blood everywhere but they didn't do that it just sort of fades away um and that's it so so uh yay he, um 
So Walker returns. Oh, well, they have to run out of the house <laughs> before it explodes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it explodes. The house still, We're still blowing this thing up. Let's be clear. <laughs> yeah, the house still. <laughs> you, you, we, you know, we bought all the C four. We're going to explode this house again. So uh, he returns in time, and now the the sticker on the wall is again Parker Data Link Systems. So it's no longer owned by the senator again. Uh, he, he, Bruce McGill is fine and hasn't been shot to death. And he goes, what happened to you? Because again, he's a time cop, but he doesn't understand that he's changed the timeline and therefore Bruce McGill isn't dead. <laughs> uh, he asks about Senator McComb. He says, oh, he disappeared 10 years ago. Gloria Rubin is there. She doesn't recognize him. Um, he shouts at her, Bobby Morgan, still waiting for a second chance, referring, re- referencing a personal anecdote she told him before she betrayed him there just to mess with her mind that he knows things about her that she doesn't know. And he takes a future car back to his future house where he has kids, um, but he doesn't remember them, of course. Mm-hmm. And yet the, the kids say, you know, are you going to barbecue a hot dog for us? It's a very specific thing that kids would probably ask. And uh, it's like, all right. And he's got his life uh, happily ever after, except he literally doesn't remember the last 10 years of his (laughs) wife and children's lives. What happened to the him from the past? Did he make him disappear when he came to the present? Are there two of him? How could he be? How how is he allowed to go back there when he lived in the past? I don't understand time cop. And is it, is it a victory if you, Miss the first 10 years of your son's life? Mm-hmm. Good questions. Ah, uh, we're going to have to wait for Time Cop 2 to grapple with. Nope. They didn't oh, make are we going to watch Time Cop 2, Jason? Is there a Time Cop 2? <laughs> yes. There, there is, is a Time Cop 2. I don't think it's the same actors or anything, right? It's not. Yeah. It's from like 10 years later. Oh, too. from 2003. Oh, we're not going to watch that, is, probably. This is not a Universal Soldier situation where the Universal Soldier direct-to-video sequels are amazing. Well, that's Time Cop. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a really big house. Did we mention that? You mentioned the huge. chimney, but that's it's a, a really huge, nice huge house with the big peaked roof and the. There's probably a really nice attic up there too, and the giant chimney. It's a very nice house. It's probably well, got a nice. What does he basement. do? Well, he was a cop. He's a time cop. Yeah, he was a regular cop, a was space he, cop, if you will. Could a regular oh. cop buy a house that nice? But if he was dirty, yes, yes. exactly. Uh, technically. I guess all non-time cops are space cops, just by That's definition. That's what I'm saying, yeah. I, I get you. <laughs> I get you. And planets are in space, so it all makes sense. We've established this. What did everybody think of Time Cop? I, I felt like it was a, uh, uh, I think in Flophouse terms, I would call this a good, bad movie in that it is a really, really, really dumb movie, but it's got a 90s action vibe and a, a bunch of kind of funny stuff in it along with a bunch of really stupid stuff in it and uh having never seen it before i have no nostalgia to bring to it other than a general nostalgia for the time period and the movies of the time period and i don't know i i had fun watching the movie and shaking my head at all the weird decisions it made what did you all think i loved it i thought it uh it's not a good movie but it ruled um see van damme movies are better like they can just be him kicking stuff and that's fine and fun. But I like it when there's a veneer of something else nonsensical, like there's two of him or Dennis Rodman is in it or there's time travel. <laughs> and this is peak Van Damme for me. Like I said before, the movie he did before this was Hard Target. The movie he did after this was Street Fighter. So this is this is as good as Van Damme is going to get. Mm-hmm. And I, I I liked it. He kicked some guys really good. Yeah, I... I... This is a good, bad movie to use that parlance, but also like it's kind of a fun and thought exercise of like one of the things that makes this bad, but also good is 
Van Damme himself. And mm-hmm. if you were to have a different like action star who could work with the dialogue at all, like would it be a better movie? And it'd be like maybe, but it would just be in this mediocre thing. And it's like, but just the fact that he's so weird in this and himself so so Van Damme in it that uh, that's what really is a reason to watch it, uh, even though it's not like good. Um. <laughs> and, and like and like other kind of like martial arts movies, it lives in this weird universe where like if you have Van Damme and he does a lot of punching and kicking, that means all the villains also do the punching and kicking. And so you live in a world where like everybody suddenly is kicking each other <laughs> and i let i let i find that charming right and it's like oh well i mean it's only fair right like he gets to kick people mm-hmm. well, then the bad guys get to kick people and then then it's equal um even though it's completely nonsensical it was also new to me and like you jason i had like total nostalgia for 90s 90s action or 80s 90s action movie i'm more of a arnold action movie girl mm-hmm. so i've seen most of those but this was like delight i love it when they kick kicking is a great way of fighting and it's just so hits all the marks while not doing them very well but they does it in a way that made me like laugh and because it hit all that nostalgia it just made me feel like just happy and i was like willing to take the ride i i I was like i feel like they were sitting between the and i also love time travel right because you can do so many things with it and this was just a hot mess of is it like everything's being reset and nothing makes sense and like you just stop thinking about it too much because it it's never going to work out and yeah i don't know it just delighted me i i did get the feeling like um like somebody saw back to the future and said Mm. yeah like that but no less talking more kicking (laughs) it's like okay but also, we didn't take the car back with us, so we didn't have no, to the deal car, with No, the car just disappears, and then you just, walk just in. Just disappears, and you're know. like, "What? where's the car? Do you have to make a new one every no, time? Nobody, like, no, no, it comes back when you return. It comes back. I don't know. I, I had to, Is it pointed the other way? Do they have to like yeah. pick it up and yeah. turn it around? That's so there has, to be, there has to be a liminal space where they yeah, that's That's sits. what I'm saying. And we never see it. It's like how in Doctor Who, they walk in through the... In the old Doctor Who, they walk through the blue doors that on the one side and then they come in the other side and they're the big white doors it's like what's in between it's like the mud room the time travel mud room Mm -hmm. well the time cop has the same thing there's like a little space where you can like take off your shoes and put in your your past shoes take off your future shoes and walk in to wherever you're going the fact the fact that it doesn't care and it's just like we don't care we're not going to bother to fill these holes i'm like I accept you're not caring and I will just ride this ride with you. I, I agree. It's, 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 it's dumb and it doesn't care and it's, it's okay. Cause it's dumb and it doesn't care. However, I did. And maybe this is an indictment of modern movies, but I also thought I can see what the modern version of this is and it would be twisty turny and it would mm-hmm. have a completely leak proof plot where every element that happens in it, is paid off later and like i can see what that movie is and just that, say tenet just say tenet oh i haven't seen tenet but but that no. sounds that sounds about like that and that the the climax where there's the two of the protagonists and and there's the two of the antagonists and you know you 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 could get in like it could be super complicated and and twisty and turny and that would be i mean that would be an interesting 
movie, but I'm not sure it would be better than this just because it was more focused on time travel rules in order to get to where it needed to go. Whereas this movie's like, look, there's a big fight. Okay. Yeah. It, that's all that really matters. In fact, since I mentioned Doctor Who before, I'll mention it again, which is um as much as I love when Stephen Moffat ran Doctor Who, um, Stephen Moffat was the kind of guy who every story was going to be about time travel. And the charm of Doctor Who in the old days was it wasn't about time travel. They just used the time travel to go somewhere and have an adventure, right? And Time Cop is more old school like that. It is about time travel, but don't look too close. Like, that's not the point. Like, it, it's just enough about time travel for him to get in a fight in a house with where he is also, where there's two of him. Like, that's the goal. The end goal here is there's two Van Dams fighting on different levels of a house. That's okay. That's all we need. And I, so I can imagine that other more complex, complex thing and i can intellectually appreciate like oh you could really dig down into the time travel rules here and make an interesting and i think nerd just <laughs> kick people okay maybe maybe it's more would would that movie be more pleasing or would it not be and I, i'm not i mean it could be good it could be bad but like i don't think delving down deep into the time travel lore fundamentally would make the movie better or worse it would just be different you have to decide going in. Are you making Time Cop or are you making Primer? These guys said we're making Time, time Cop. cop. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. I, honestly, I, I would prefer if Primer Primer uh, had more kicking in it because <laughs> there's very, there's like one, somebody gets punched at one point and that's it. Like nothing happens in that movie. I love it, but nothing mm -hmm. happens in that movie. Uh, here, lots of things happen. Like it's it's a hundred, it's like eight hundred percent more things happen in this movie than that movie. And so on that sc scale, it wins, right? If, the, if that's what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. There was a point where his motivation is like he explains his motivation for why he has to stop the senator, and he's like, "Well, if I can't go back to save my wife, no one's making money on this time travel thing." And you're like, "Fair, I buy that." Even yeah. though it's like so. He doesn't even care about the election or anything. He's just like, no one can change time if I can't change time. Yeah, the election was like in the background. Oh, he's going to become president, I, I guess. Didn't really impact anything. Yeah, Ron Silver's whole thing is really just he's the baddie and he wants mm -hmm. power. And, you know, that's that's it. Oh, he just disappeared 10 years ago and nobody ever heard of him again. But yeah, because he's just there to be be the silly baddie in the silly, silly movie. Very silly. I I can't believe I hadn't seen it before, but um, yeah, it's fun in in a really dumb way. <laughs> and it's a and as a time travel movie, yeah, don't think too. I mean, don't think too hard about any time travel story. See, this is the other thing yeah, I was going to say. That's a good point. <laughs> you, you know, the other thing I was going to say is I can make jokes about the weird time travel decisions in Time Cop, but is is Time Cop any more ridiculous than any time travel movie if you analyze it. Great point, Jason. I'll back that up. Yes. Time travel doesn't make sense. So no. plots based on time travel don't make sense. Right. And you can either just whiff past it like this movie does or bog down in explanations as some movies do. This has kicking. <laughs> it does. I think we did an episode a while ago and it might have been the uh, before long before the summer of time travel episode one fifty three, where we talked about um, a few time travel movies. And at that point, I think what I said was the only time travel 
movie that I think I can I can say holds together is maybe 12 Monkeys. And that's mm-hmm. because the time travel rules of 12 Monkeys is everything that everything that happened happened. And anytime you have somebody traveling in time, what they're doing is they're causing the thing that happened to happen. So it's the idea that there is no timeline. There is a single sequence of events and the people who jump from one time to another, all they're doing is making the thing that was going to happen, happen. It's like they have to fulfill their destiny and there's nothing. I actually like those premises is like when you can't do anything to change time and you try to change time and you find out it was what you like in this case, it (laughs) could have been like, we exploded the house. That was like, we actually did it all along, but it definitely wasn't this movie. Yeah, I I feel like there's a lot of movies that, that's like the central thing. Bill and Ted's for one, or like time crimes is right. all you see stuff. Oh, you're trying to keep it from happening. Ha, gotcha. You were the one yeah. that made it happen all along. I the th- end. I think maybe that's the only, so that would be my argument maybe is the only time travel movies that kind of are internally consistent and you can't really think yourself into a, uh, a, a not with are the movies where it's like, look, whatever happens happens and the people think they have free will, but they don't have free will. They are making the thing happen that happens because otherwise they couldn't have gone back in time to make it happen. It's all part of a continuum. So when you start rewriting history, just don't look at it that close. And whether it's time mm-hmm. cop or back to the future or, or literally almost any time travel movie, you just kind of have to just write it off. And so on that level, I'm going to, I'm going to say something in favor of time cop, which is, yeah, it doesn't make any sense, but what does <laughs> that's my argument. Any final thoughts about time cop? No, he's no, he's no Schwarzenegger, but I got to give Arnold Schwarzenegger credit for really creating work for a lot of um, physical actors who couldn't speak English very well. Van Damme is fine, but um, but I think it's I I think it's this this period where they're like, look, the action stars don't need to talk. It's like, well, do we have to make them from Europe? Say that they're from Europe? No, you don't. <laughs> just, but like, why why couldn't he just be from? Like, there's no reason why he no, has to she be. Te- she teases him yeah. about his English, and yet we he's still Max Walker. Yep, <laughs> it's it's Max Walker yeah. or something. Maximilio. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that is Time Cop. I want to thank my panelists for going on this journey to uh, the deep past of 1994 and the far future of 2004. With me, Annette Weirstra, thank you for being part of the journey. Thank you for letting me come. I expected something exactly like this, and I was not Not disappointed. (laughs) Disappointed. I liked it. Monty Ashley, thank you. Uh, never interrupt me when I'm talking to myself because he's literally talking to himself. Mm-hmm. And Joe Rosenstiel, thank you. Thank you. See those two red spots over there? Uh, and uh, just don't, remember, just don't, don't touch yourself from the past or you'll turn into a blob. I've been your host, Jason Snell. We will be back with more Summer of Time Travel uh, before or after. Uh, we'll see you then. <laughs>